say good black don't crack, they're not wrong. What's your secret? But if we think that to look better is to certainly get a better spirit in our heart and uh, to work every day to become a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better sister, then those values and attributes alone will make us more beautiful than we are now. Fear it! Own it! Take a minute and know that you are this power. the fire that our ancestors lit that carried us. Teach our children to claim their destiny. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenal. How can fat girl be the best anything when cat woman is around? You know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of. Just like I know exactly what you are. Welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. This is Divine Femininity. Uh, I've got two ladies sitting in the audience. Uh, Jackie Q, make it do what it do. Introduce yourself. Good evening. Good evening, all. I am Jackie Q. And I am actually a um, team member of On the Wake Up Radio and otwtube.com. Um, I am also owner of Joni's uh, Skin Hair Wellness Products, and you can reach me or find Joni's products on Instagram at Joni, J-O-N-I underscore products, and Facebook at Joni Products FB. And I can also be contacted at Joni Products at gmail.com. Thanks. Letitia's in her house. Letitia's in the house now. All right. Who wants to go next? Introduce yourself. Tell them what you do. I am. Hi, I'm Angie. I also go by Bariqua Angie. I'm also on the Wake Up Radio. I have a show called Thoughts of a Light Skin Woman, Thursdays at 9. And you can also find me on Instagram under that name as well. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll... um. We'll just uh, play the um, today's show, uh, The Power of Mother, basically what it means to be a mother. Um, it could be a short and sweet show, but I think, you know, it just deserved the attention because we're all mothers here and it means a lot to be a mother. For me, it does. And I know for you ladies, it, it definitely does. So I'm going to play this clip, ladies. Enjoy. My topic is um, the power of, of a mother. And um, in our time, especially, certain challenges are increasing, divorce is increasing, family breakups are increasing. It is increasingly putting women um, and families in very vulnerable situations, especially psychologically, uh, where they feel that they are you know, in a position of weakness, what do I do, and so on and so forth. So um, I want to tell you that perhaps one of the most powerful individuals uh, on the face of this earth is a mother. Um, I, have a, I have a knack for searching great people in history. Um, I like biographies. 
And I study their lives like a puzzle. You know, what made him become that? So خلاص, he did something great. What made him become that? One of those people that I came across is Alexander the Great. Uh, hands up those who have heard that name, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great is great not by the definitions of his friends or his posse or he's great by the definitions of history. You know, he left Macedonia, conquered Asia Minor, went to Bilad al-Sham, conquered the Levant, came to Iraq, took over Babylon, came to Persia, took over our lands, went to India, semi-conquered India, and then made his way back to, um, to Macedonia and died on the way. And uh, you ask yourself, what drives a person relatively young for a conquest as big as this? Because it's not an ordinary thing. You know, I don't see you getting up to conquer the world, Akhi. Yes, it's not an ordinary thing. So I rewind and then search, you know, what was it that made this person this great Alexander? And the secret is, is in an utterance of his mother, according to my humble analysis. His mother used to tell him this. She used to say, you are the son of Zeus. Zeus in Greek mythology was the god of gods. He was their biggest. And obviously, I don't encourage you to do this. Alhamd, we are Muslims, and this is you know issue of uh, you know this is just to, to establish my point. And she used to tell him the story that when you are in my womb, I had this extraordinary experience, and, and um, you're the son of Zeus. So can you imagine? A child feeling growing up with such a self-efficacy that I am not in the realm of men. He was 10 years old. They brought a gift to his father, a horse that was untamed. The father himself, Philip, was a king, couldn't go near it. But this young Alexander says, I will jump on it and tame it and it will become my mount. What made the child so confident, such a degree of self-efficacy that I can? It is the utterance of that mother. So to myself, the most powerful being is the mother. And don't think this is just Alexander the Great. Go search the annals of human history. Where there's greatness, there's a mother that made it. And a lot of times these mothers were single mothers. And some, although they were married, but their life situation was still single. Rabi'atul Ra'i. He was one of the big scholars of Islam, but his father was in the army of the son of Uthman ibn Affan. He went towards our areas, Khurasan. And there he lasted for many, many years. And by the time he came back, young, young uh, Rabi, uh, you, you know, would have been grown into a man. But before he left, he gave the mother 30,000 coins. You know, he is this, look after yourself till I come back. Khurasan's a long way off. When he came back, as is the sunnah, he went to the masjid first. 
Then the masjid he saw, there's a young man sitting in a huge multitude around him. He is one of the seven fuqaha of, of Medina. So feeling some, like, what a man, what an achievement. He came home. The, the, young, the man is still in the mud. He doesn't know it's my son. So he came home and talking to the wife, he goes, what did you do with the 30,000? So she said, go to the masjid, you will see your son. So he went to see Subhanallah and he said, you spent it well. Do you see the one that made that ordinary Rabi into one of the giant of the scholars was the wisdom and the thought and the planning and the strategy and the vision and the outlook of that awesome woman who could have gone and bought shoes, but instead she brought an education and a life for um, us to look, look up to till Qiyamah come. The famous man, Imam Malik, Ta'ala. Imam Malik, the scholars say, and Imam Malik is a giant of the Ahlul Ilm. They say, uh, the young man wanted to be a singer. Did you know that? Malik, rahimahullah. Malik wanted to be a singer. And Malik's father is paralyzed. He was very limited, so he used to make arrows. That was his way of living. He used to make arrows and sell the arrows. So young Malik told his mama, I want to be a singer because singers were looked after and you know, there was pomp and ceremony around them. So this, this intelligent, intelligent, intelligent creature, this, this mother of Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala, tells him, says, uh, Malik, um, singers are good looking. And this is to just sow doubt in his head, although Imam Malik is very good looking. And their career only lasts whilst they're young and good looking. And instead, she directed his attention towards ilm. You know how she went and bought him clothing of the ulama. You know, the, the turban and the, and the bisht. And, and she used to wash him and perfume him and sit him up and then ask him questions on the sufra. Uh, Malik, how many raka'ah is in zuhr? So Imalik used to feel like a scholar and say four. She changed his projectile towards ilm. And, and understand this Muslims. You don't need money to create greatness. You don't need resources to create. All research, research state, states the same. It is the capacity of the mother and the capacity of a teacher that builds greatness. So interest sparked in the heart of Malik and then the rest became just mechanics. So one of his famous sheikhs is Nafi' Mawla Ibn Umar. Uh, uh, you know, the student of Ibn Umar uh, and the, the freed slave of Ibn Umar. And this is called the golden chain of narration in hadith for those who, who, who study hadith. The, Imam al-Shafi'i from Imam Malik, from Nafi'i, from Ibn Umar, from the Prophet of Allah, they call this the golden chain. So, Nafi'i was a strict man. He, you know, he didn't have time for people all the time. Sheikh, can I ask questions? You know, time-wasting. Nafi'i, rahimahullah ta'ala wa radiyallahu anh, used to go to the mosque at a specific time. 
He's done swas from this time to this time. If you have questions, ask them. Once I'm home, you do not intervene and interfere. I have to do my research and my study. So Malik knew, th knew this and is sitting in a gathering with his huge scholars. He wouldn't ever get a chance to ask. So look at the ingenuity of the man, a product of the thirst for knowledge that the mom has instilled in him. He used to go and wait outside the house of Nafi'ah. And then he used to walk with him to the mosque, just pretending this is coincidental. And when they used to take their shoes off at the door, Malik used to take his shoes off and look at the Sheikh and say, Salaamu Alaikum. And then they used to enter. After the dars and the salah used to finish, you know, because Sheikh, my shoes is next to you. I'm not stalking you. You know, this is coincidence. He used to walk back with him. And now they had acquaintance, they knew each other. So he used to say, Sheikh, what about this hadith? And what about this hadith? And Malik became Imam Malik at the hands of this lady. Imam Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala. Go search history. He was, some scholars say, when he was in the womb of his mom, the father passed away. Some say a couple of months after his birth, the father passed away. Who made Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i Imam al-Shafi'i? And what did she have? Financially, she was very poor. But she designed the whole curriculum of this young lad more than any scholar of our time could. She took him to Mecca, go learn the Quran now. She sent him to this Rabi'atul Ra'i. Go learn his manners before you learn the deen from him. He became a hafiz, started to study hadith. Then she said, you need language. So go to the desert near Mecca and go and stay for years with the Arab tribe so that your language, you become master of the language. Go to Imam Malik in Medina and study the Muwatta. And Shafi'i Imam, you know, became Imam al-Shafi'i at the hands of this woman. My sisters, they have talked, you know, the time is very limited to speak, but you make or break the future generation. And you brothers have a responsibility to build and educate and honor and respect and make mothers and sisters who have the capacity to bring about greatness or you can keep them you know the backward and educated immaterial and mattered individuals who will bring generation after generation of failures and understand this and you know so far my evidence is from history look at the quran because you will say ustaz what is dalil for this you go look at the quran when the mother was good, look at Ismail alayhi salam. Single mother brought him up in the desert. From a father who left him there since young and came back at old, you know, when he had reached manhood. Had she been a poor mother, a weak mother, and 
you know, an unfaithful mother, she would have poisoned his head with, where was he for your second birthday? Where, why didn't he buy you this? Why didn't he come for your celebration? He would not even give me a Valentine's gift. Instead, when he comes years later, a prophet of God, seeing Ismail alayhi salam, he utters this proposition. My son, I have seen in a dream, anni that I am sacrificing you. Then see what is your opinion. And the upbringing of a righteous mother is this. Ya abati ma tu'mar satajiduni insha Allah. Oh my father, do as you have been commanded. You will find me by the grace of Allah of those who will bear it patiently. That is an upbringing of a righteous mother, of an intelligent mother, of a far-sighted mother. And when you look at the other side, the wife of a prophet, two wives of two prophets, Nuh and Lut, and the father is a prophet, yet the mother is a disbeliever. The son became a disbeliever. And the, father, the Quran records it. Oh, my son, come with us and don't be of those who are left behind. He says, I will go into the mountain. I will resist the punishment of Allah, Rabbul Izzah. So Allah destroyed him. Nuh alayhi salam says, Ya Rabbi, he was my, from my family. And you promised the protection of my family. Allah, Rabbul Izzah says, he wasn't from your family. He was an unrighteous deed. Do you see the mother? My sisters, perhaps for some the time is too late, the children have already grown. I give you an advice from the depth of my heart. Bring up your children to become successful parents and successful upbringers of the next generation. Otherwise, the graveyards will become filled with capacity in Jews that never reach their flourishing. Generations will come and generations will go. For your time and patience, I thank you. I have, I have taken, I have trespassed on your patience yet again. May Allah Rabbul Izza reward you and guide you and guard you. Um, keep your brother in your dua. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Ladies, ladies, ladies. The role of a mother who wants to go first. I will. That was powerful. And thank you for that. Um, wow. <laughs> I was captivated the entire time. Uh, what he said is the truth. And the reason why I was so captivated is because today, earlier today, I was writing a poem to my sisters. And this poem, I'll read a little to you, is basically to black women. And it it is uh, just to highlight how important we are. So it says, you were born a queen, born with the right amount of courage strength, intelligence, and love to raise kings and change the world. The ancient blood in your veins is powerful. It runs deep. Therefore, so is your soul. Be who you were chosen to be 
that's what I wrote today. So that's significant for you to play that video about the mother, the role of a mother. Um, when I was just writing this poem earlier today to just identify who we were chosen to be as women, we are chosen to lead. And that's, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Beautiful. I will tell the children that, you know, I feel that the role of a mother is, uh, a, a, a woman can make or break our children. Yeah. Or a man. Shit. Nations. Right. And so uh, our job as mothers are to carry the burden of our children, you know, to be there for them. Uh, some of us may not have had the best upbringing, right? Uh, everything was an ass whooping. Everything was a, a yelling at. Um, but there were those who were influential into making us the women that we are today as far as just knowing what love is and compassion and patience. And the role of a mother is just, you know, it's, it's, it's how nations get built. So uh, that's basically what I wanted to say. Anything extra, Jackie, until Angie's ready? Yeah. Um, I agree 100%. It, we, we, it, it was not just raising our own kids. It's raising others too. You know, some of us take the role as, you know, how you have auntie or, you know, you have the neighborhood grandma or the neighborhood auntie or, you know, she's just like, you know, the nurturer of the village. So we, our role is very important because we have them, we, we, we birth our children and then we raise them in the way that we would like to see them go. Not always do they follow our guidance, but um, we have our hands on them from the beginning of their lives to shape and mold them. So our role is extremely important um, in the lives of our children, our, our village, our communities, our, it's women always in the forefront. Uh, I don't know if they understand the power of a mother, you know, from womb to birth. It is everything, you know. Sometimes uh, we have children who have anxiety. And I want you to think about what that was or a child that is shy, right? I want you to think what that pregnancy was like. And maybe, you know, we pass things down into the womb, into the DNA that now has this child, you know, a little scared, just a, a bit, like, mommy, don't, you know? And sometimes we have to, not sometimes, all the time, we have to pour, pour into them, even when they don't listen, right? Hothead, soft behind type thing. We have to be there for our children, especially in today's time, not to turn this into a sermon, right? I, I don't really think people understand, especially after like the, the whole quarantine thing. They were like home. I mean, if you homeschool, you know, you're, you're already head of the game. But if you didn't homeschool and that was the first year, your child now was stuck home, you know, with you. 
And yeah, it was like they were two again. It didn't matter if you had teenagers. They were young again. And so I want you to think about uh, what that brought about not being around friends. Remember when you couldn't be around your friends and what that did for them, what that did for you, right? So now we're dealing with more depression and more, you know, suicides and more, you know, uncertainty. And that doesn't make us less of a mother. It's just for us to understand who our child is, which is half of us. They're half of you because that is the other half, right? And so we must know and learn how to pour into our children every chance we get. And so it it, it was just something wavering on my mind because I, I often think of you, you sisters as not just sisters, but like mothers. And And even when seeking advice, I take it as, aunties and mothers talking to me, no matter the age, younger or older than me, just as, as reflections as a mother to myself, where I say, okay, I'm going through this. And then you're able to put in your two cents and say, I've been there, sister, you know, as a mother, this, 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 and that. I think we, we need more of that. This is, uh, you know, postpartum. I don't know if you, any of you ladies have ever experienced the postpartum of like after having a child and feeling like no one is coming to save you, especially if uh, the child becomes a handful, you know, they're always hungry. They're always crying. And it's like, Oh my gosh, when will this end? But sometimes I, I think about those moments where my child cried. I remember, you know, the, the children's father saying, my God, does she have batteries? She never stops. And it didn't bother me. I mean, for some mothers, it would. But it didn't bother me because I thought to myself, one day she'll be big and busy. You think about how your, your children now, the older ones, they're just busy. And then you reflect and when they were little and you're like, damn, I should have just lived in the moment. Like, scream your lungs out. It's okay. You know? Anything else, ladies? Uh, Boricua Angie, did you get to free up your printing? Yes, I'm good. Because I want to make sure there was no noise in the background. Um, to be honest, I feel like it, it, it took me some time to understand the, to the role of being a mother. Because now that my kids are older, I'm just like, ooh, like, I wasn't prepared for that. And, you know, everybody has their own ways of how to raise their children. Or there's always somebody telling you how to raise your children. In my mind, I was like, you know, I did the best that I could. I made sure that regardless of how they behaved, I made sure to at least have some type of manners, say, thank you. You're welcome. You know, say, please, things like that, that I thought was important at least, but understanding the role that I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to be the protector, the provider. And it's kind of like, you know, I've been trying to do that and make sure that I'm, I'm constantly talking to them, no matter how much they think I'm so annoying, but at least that something is going in that they're they're hearing me understanding that I'm always constantly talking because I've been here I'm an adult now and I'm keep telling them like you know be prepared for the world that's out there I was like you might think that I might be talking crazy but I was like you'll see when you get older you're gonna see exactly everything that I'm talking about and again no I mean as a teenager I was completely different compared to how they are now and I'm just like oh my gosh at times I just want to pull my hair I was like I wasn't prepared for this nobody prepared me for this because I was a teenager I didn't see myself 
being like them because again it's a it's a whole different generation 80s to now is so completely different of trying to raise them to discipline to understand things but I just always look at them like in my mind I'll be like look no matter how they turn out I'm like you know I tried my best again I made sure that I'm always constantly talking and just making sure just to understand that I'm like one day they're gonna become adults too and I mean, we can't avoid that. So I don't know if they're going to be young forever, but it's going to click one day. And that's what I'm just waiting for. I just know one day it's going to click and they're going to see everything that I've done, everything that I've said, it's going to make sense. Uh, Sister Jackie Leticia, want to jump in? I, um, I agree with Angie. It wasn't easy. You know, it didn't come with a book manual um, on how to be a parent. And, and just be the best mother that you can be. I um, had to learn from my oldest that using corporal punishment as I was raised with when I was young in the South, um, which it didn't matter, I guess, but just in our, in our families, that it really disturbed her. And she had the conversation with me and I had to hear her. She was like, mom, no. Like, I wasn't built for that, <laughs> kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Nah, I couldn't take that. And I had to apologize to her and let her know that it was be- it was learned behavior um, from me coming up, and I passed it on to her. And that's where it stopped. It's about learning and being able to hear your kids as well, allowing them to be, um, if if. As an adult, you want your your feelings to be heard. You want your voice to be heard. It's the same with our children. They want to be heard too. Something's fucking with them too. Same way we have shit on our minds. So we have to be open, honest, and keep those, you know, you keep that, that the lines of trust open. They're going to make mistakes. We make mistakes. But it's about them coming to us and having the honest conversation and not being afraid of the backlash, but knowing that they can trust in you to handle it or to help them handle it. And that's what we do as mothers. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that... Uh, this topic was selected tonight because our kids just went through something traumatic and they were kept in the home for almost a year, no socializing with their friends. And I saw the difference in my daughters, uh, especially my 15 year old. I'm sorry, uh, 16. Um, it changed her. So now I'm sitting back and, and watching and identifying what needs to be done to help her. And it wasn't that the fix isn't just her returning to school because now it's awkward. You know, they were taken out of their element for a whole year. Um, so yeah, you, you just have to pay attention. Keep your communication open with, your, with these babies because they're still our babies, no matter how old they get. Um, yeah. And be the best mom you can be. None of us are perfect, but just do your best. And that's it, Cindy. 
I think I think often uh, we we feel as mothers the weight on our shoulders to make sure that we have uh, great citizens of society, and it can't be it can be tough because being a mother is 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 probably one of the hardest tasks ever given. It is like being in charge of everything and anything any and everything and just remembering even when they fuck up remember you fucked up at times and sometimes maybe you just needed someone to hug you i i want you to think about the things you've been through and just know that that child is an extension of you and things will happen because things have happened to you right and so just knowing that you're there for them and they know that you're there. I, I think that as long as we do that, this is this is will help us to ascend and feel better at peace when we take our last breath, that we were there. You know, I just I just think that, you know, is there such thing as the best mother? There's no book. There's no handbook at all. Angie's right. No one prepares you. You got to feed them. You got to clothe them. You got to change the diaper. You got to. No one says here is the secret recipe to a successful child. Is there such a thing? And then sometimes you think about you and the successes you've made. You wouldn't have done the things you've done without going through the things that you've gone through. So, uh, anyone else? Someone's calling in. Joel, you're live. Thank you for having me, Cindy. Wonderful to meet you, ladies, as well. Angie. Uh oh, you're cutting out. You said Angie. You mean Angie, Letitia, and Jackie. Can you hear? Yes. Okay. Ladies, wonderful to meet you as well. Uh, man, hearing your topic, it is very, very much needed to be heard. Um, no one can forget uh, their mother. Um, you know, the mother is probably the first thing thought about in the beginning, uh, in the end. Um, anytime you get hurt, you call out for your mama. You know, that's just the fact, fact that alone right there. So the mother is deeply rooted uh, with the next conscious and the subconscious of the uh, adolescent. Uh, speaking uh, for my mother, uh, in my relationship growing up with her, uh, in turn, I was always around my mother, giving uh, the uh, instinct on how to, again, what you were uh, re referring to earlier is how to uh, properly address people with thank you and uh, excuse me in manners of such, uh, as well as uh, giving, them the, giving me the idea to uh, think uh, for myself uh, as uh, one of the ladies was also speaking upon um, that in turn uh, with the deeply, deeply, uh, you know, acknowledgement that was given because, you know, no one wants to honestly, uh, you know, put uh, a person out there and just feed them to the wolves, so to speak. No one wants to raise a fool, basically. And. You know, the mother is going to be 
the first teacher of the child. Um, and, and that's just the, the, the way it go. You know, there's no, I, I, don't, I don't see nothing else before that. You know, the mother is the first teacher of the child. So that's always going to be the first person that is always thought about, uh, spoken of, cared for, um, even um, some of the gestures that you may carry on in life may remind you of your mother in the way uh, of the upbringing that she brought you in, uh, which comes back to culture uh, at the same time. Uh, it's, it's the mothers, uh, I think, uh, within this topic as well, that she keeps the culture of either the family or the richness of our blood intact by inst installing, uh, instilling rather, uh, those said uh, things that carry on legacy. Uh, I think that's one of the real, one of the real defining uh, definitions of what moms are actually doing in bringing about life. They're just basically, again, preserving the legacy of our culture. I agree. Well said, brother. Well said. Ladies, what do you think? I'm in total agreement. And it feels wonderful to hear <laughs> um, moms be acknowledged by our brothers, which is always a beautiful thing to hear for the moms that are strong. Single mothers, you know, my mom was a single mom. She raised four of us um, by herself, four girls. And it was rough two jobs. Um, we lived in the projects. You know, I, I tell all the ladies, I came up during a time where all the women took care of each other's children. So I came up around those strong women that raised the village. But, you know, moving forward, we just as sisters have to keep each other encouraged. Um, knowledgeable so if this and pull to the side and real with with each other like hey you you know you may not want to talk to your son in that manner because you're breaking him he, he and he has the potential to change this world any of our children do but when you break them um you're not giving them a fair shot so uh especially as in the sisterhood as well of keeping each other afloat so that we can continue to raise raise our children any other sisters want to tap in joel you still there oh i'm here there you go I'm there here. you go there you go no i'm here i'm just waiting i'm just sitting back quiet um uh, but uh i can also i uh, just can talk a little bit more but uh in retrospect to myself uh you know, it's always best to put, uh, I think, because this is what I was uh, experiencing during my youth um, with my aunts, my godmothers. Uh, my mother was actually putting me in strategic places where I know that when I left her, still the plan was the plan was still in play. You know what I'm saying? I still had a form of direction. I, I never kind of like I never really wavered off course. You know, during my early um, stages of life, and I would say from 
uh, from birth until maybe eight or nine. And that's when everything, you know, you start gravitating towards, you know, you know, thinking for yourself and, you know, being allowed to maybe cook your own meals or such in such a way, you know, early in the morning, you know, where you have that responsibility, um, you know, and, and that's just from the teaching of her again, you know, back, back to the mother again. You know, these are, you know, it was always a direction um, that the mother always sought for the kid to, you know, go in at least not at least not waver from the ground, the ground base of understanding and the knowledge that she was given. Well, that's 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 everything. Like Jackie said, it's 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 nice to hear Emil's perspective. Yeah, uh, for those of us who have sons. It is everything to know that you mean so much. Joel Joel does a show on, on the Wake Up Radio on Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Make Me Free. And I remember Joel's first couple of shows, your mother would always call in. I thought that shit was so dope. <laughs> That's right. So dope. You know, we'd be like, Ma, you want to say? And she said, no, no, I'm just here to listen. I'm just here for the support. I used to be like... Oh my God, this is amazing. You get what I'm saying? That, that was beautiful. And that said a lot about your upbringing and just how much your mom just loves you. Uh, it's not just things we say to our children. It's the things we do, our actions. If, even when you're yelling your head off, right? Even yelling your head off. So, yeah. I, I I said yelling your head off. Yeah, I have those moments. I do lectures. I don't like to really do uh, too many. My children have probably gotten maybe you can count on one hand as far as like uh, uh, corporal punishment, as they call it, you know, like spankings, because I did not like getting beat. I hated it. I, I, th I thought it was too much. I was just like, these people are trying to kill me. You know what I'm saying? And black folks don't just beat. They whoop, you know? leave marks you know that there, there are certain scars on your body you're just like yeah i remember that was the time i had da, da, da. it's just like traumatic to you and so um yeah i think uh to, for today right because we can't really go back we could go back and learn for our children and how to uh deal with them now joel do you do you how many children do you have joel live on air did you say 20, live on the air? 22, 22. I wasn't even ready for that answer, brother. How does a man <laughs> have 22 children? This guy, Father Abraham, his name ain't Joel, yes. Father Abraham. Yes. Joel, you're from the South? I'm from the South. Okay. All right. What part, if you don't mind me asking? Carolina? Uh, Georgia. That's close. That's close to the Carolinas. Okay, it's doable. <laughs> 22 is doable. <laughs> but that's good. My my grandmother had 24. That's a blessing. Yes. Yeah, I got four kids. Four kids. <laughs> oh, I wasn't kidding. <laughs> but that's, you know, raising 24 heads of kids. I, I couldn't even imagine, uh, even like back then, uh, kids in the high, junior high when I was growing up were having kids. And that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, no. Yeah, when I was coming up, that was, yeah, 
lot of junior high. You know, I think that's why I admired my, I, I admired my grandmother. I used to sit up under my grandmother all of the time, like every day, every day, and just watch her and talk to her. You know, while the rest of the kids was outside on the playground, I was in the house with grandma because she was strong. She raised all of them and worked. Um, you know, she was working in the in the field back then. And you got to imagine that that was we, again we talking about strong mothers to come up with a number of twenty four kids uh, still working and you know just going about daily life. You know that is you know unheard of and un unimaginable today with you know with the way things are, like the young lady was saying earlier. And, um, you know, back then you could do that, but times have definitely changed. Uh, but I, it, in some respect, I think you can actually still do it. Joe, is there a baby with you? Yeah, I did say that. It's one in the background. I, I, I swear to God, all I heard was, and I went, a baby. My eyes lit up. I thought, I thought I, I haven't breastfed in a while, but my boobs almost filled up. Sheesh. Baby fever. She's got baby fever. <laughs> With no goddamn womb. Let it make sense. They took my womb, y'all. They took it. Yeah, that part. But I still do get baby fever. I'm not even going to lie to you. I I get it now. I I get it. It lasts for about five minutes and then it's gone. <laughs> it's over real quick. This was a wonderful show. I love the topic tonight. Angie, you want to say anything, babes? No. <laughs> I said everything I wanted to say earlier. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. I, I want to thank you, Joel, for coming through and listening to On the Wake Up Radio. Uh, everyone else is signing for otwtube.com. This is Divine Femininity. Joel is on at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, make me free. J Joel, tell them what your show's about. Give me two hot seconds. Oh, I heard that baby again. I'm like, oh, I want that baby. <laughs> you know what one of my... There's my one of my nursery rhymes, my favorite one, Hansel and Gretel. That is too cute. <laughs> I loved uh, um, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Loved Goldilocks. Who been sleeping in my bed? My Goldilocks went in there fucking up shit. She tore up she, the porridge. She was hungry. It was a long walk through the woods. <laughs> I, I spent uh, many, many nights with uh, my children. Uh, believe it or not, I didn't. I didn't read stories. I would. Uh, I would do that, but uh, especially my son. Uh, he would say, no, tell me one of your stories. And I would just lay there and make things up, you know, just like, okay, so you see a castle, right? You know, just make things up. And at the end, I would always insist with my children that 
anything the mind can see can be achieved is something that I've always poured into them. No matter how ridiculous it sounds, right? Here's the thing. I believe that we are super super beings. We are hybrid, especially as melanated people, right? And technically, we're all melanated, right? But no matter the race, but uh, us being even more so, yeah? With the bloodline. I, I believe that there are things that we haven't even begun to tap into that our children have that from us. And even when they're being difficult, it's okay. Enjoy them while they're baby. But even more so, when they get older, just try to understand them. Just try to understand the world that they live in. It's not the 80s. It's different. This this technology. I, I, I am grateful there was no technology when I was around. Oh, I'd be a whole damn fool. Do you get what I'm saying? We're no different than them. And I think that's what's going on now. The, the kids are in the technology world as opposed to us when, you know, technology wasn't really that advanced. So we could do the outside adventurous things and uh, come up with a plan to, you know, calculate a projectile in a certain direction or anything that we would, uh, you know, ideas is it would formulate, formulate and formulate. Brothers know how to flip off of mattresses and stack mattresses and learn how to flip higher and then carry that out into a routine, into a, a dance routine. Uh, we also created, uh, at the times, we had these talent shows. So, you know, everyone was displaying talent, and, you know, a craft that they, you know, either got from someone older than them or they just learned or do a basic uh, inst instinct of uh, interest, basically, is what I'm really trying to say. And, you know, now... You know, ideas are created, but in the fashion that they were then, uh, now they're making ideas that bring about um, millions, uh, billions in, in some aspects of these uh, young kids are uh, phenomenally smart enough uh, to take advantage of the uh, technology that's uh, given to them and take and, and make money off of. Ain't that something, right? And so I remember being like 12 and, and I entered a talent show. I was in junior high school. I was going to sing Karen White's I'm Not Your Superwoman. I wasn't like the best singer, but I just knew, you You know, back in the days where you would like play your music, right? So like Red Alert or or Chuck D would just be playing the dope music, on, you know, New York Station. And um there would be songs that would come and you would just be like singing so loud, like you were everything. And I remember being so nervous and the, the, the kids running the talent because there were children running the talent show as well and going you up next. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Like I have butterflies. I, and I said, okay, I'll go after that guy. And a guy went up there and I think he did some rap lyrics uh, or something like that, like Naughty by Nature, who freaking knows. Um, and they booed him. And he got so upset. Remember, we're 12. He got so upset. He took the mic and he threw it at the speaker. And it shorted out. And I never got to do the talent show because it was the end of the talent show. I often think about that fear. Like I had not lived in that fear. And... 
Yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, it just takes you in a different direction. So, eh, these things happen. Anything else you guys want to say? I'm so sorry that happened to you. That was traumatic. Honey, I would have been, where's the mic? <laughs> On the stage, no mic, just dolo. But I, um, I truly appreciate this, to hear the perspective of a male. Um, Joel, correct? I, I don't want to mess up your name. Okay. Thank you so much for that because I, um, I was, I've been around some brothers lately that have issues with their mothers for whatever the reason is. So it's, it's really, truly refreshing to hear um, the bond that you and your mom have. It, it's beautiful. That conversation turns into probably some trauma that we are always phantom to have, you know, just by circumstance. Uh, we all suffer from some sort of uh, syndrome just from the fact of way back when to now to where nothing has actually been repaired, corrected, or even uh, resurfaced as an issue. And, you know, it's not just their, his household, but you got to think it's many households like that. And just, you know, from, from what I'm talking about, my experience with my mom and that strong mind that I'm pretty sure their brothers my age and maybe a little younger have uh, with their moms, <clears throat> but, you know, with uh, images being portrayed and, uh, you know, uh, culture swapping and switching and stealing and whatnot, you know, all kind of, it's wide open now. I'm back here crying at the, the, the stealing. I, I love that. <laughs> and it just, it just comes, you know, it just, it, it just opened up so many doors that, to where we really haven't really shed none behind us, you know what I'm saying, so to speak. I I absolutely agree. There's a lot of that going on, a lot. Um, and you don't have to be conscious to see it. You just have to have your eyes open. It's right in front of us, what's, what's taking place. Um, I think that we just need to start, you know, acknowledging and giving and, and paying homage to our, our moms and start really, you know, giving the, the black woman her props because we've had our hands not only on our own children, but we've, we've raised most of them too. Our ancestors have, we've always raised our children and theirs. So we built this nation and, and I think we just need to, you know, um, acknowledge a black woman for that, especially here in this nation. That's right. That's right. Uh, we'd like to go around and uh, um, whichever lady would like to start off by telling three things you're grateful for. Who wants to go? Um Three things I'm grateful for, as usual, just to to be alive, to to wake up and and breathe. Um, 
I'm grateful for you sisters and for everything. And I'm also grateful for my family. Jackie. Thank you. I'm grateful for my sisters, you ladies. Um, you've been significant in my life of late. I need you. Not that I, you know what I mean? I need you at this point in my life. Um, so this has truly been a blessing. I'm grateful for my children. As they're getting older, I get to see them turn into these beautiful women and I'm alive to see it. So I'm grateful for life. That's beautiful. I think I lost Joel. No. Um, I am grateful for my children. I had nicknames for them. My my son was named by his abuelita Papajanga. And my daughter was called Kukanani. You know, it's having that that uh tribal indigenous experience of of uh of just that side of the family that was able to just tap into that for them so they could um understand everyone had a, their nickname right think about the nicknames we grew up with um i'm grateful for you ladies divine femininity and the, on the wake up radio family i am also grateful that even though I did not eat for the first three days of my life because my mother didn't know how to breastfeed me, I'm grateful because I am not greedy. I'm not upset. You know, I'm not greedy. And that's what that did. That actually triggered something in my brain. I don't know how to be greedy. Um, I don't know how to not share I don't know how to not be compassionate. I don't know how to not love because when you're hungry like that, I guess there's a certain delusion that comes across you. And I want y'all to understand that it is the same for all of us as children and our children that sometimes we can't always have what we want, but there are reasons and there's a season for everything. But as long as you have the right people in your corner, the right mothers, aunts, grandmothers, grandfathers too, fathers, uncles, it takes a village. It's not just a mother's role. It's all of our roles. And I am, a chil I am, a, a, I am what you are to your children. You know, if, if today you were to cease I want you to think about who, who would be there for your children. And you know your children more than anyone would know them. Who would be there for them? Right? Because who has been there for you? You've been there for you, but you've been there for them too. And sometimes being overwhelmed is something that we go through as parents. We become overwhelmed, but... When our children get overwhelmed, what do we tell them to hush? Everything will be okay. Everything will be fine. You're going to be good. My grandmother used to say, what goes up must come down, but what goes down comes all around and it goes right back up. And we must take those challenges we face with our children 
and with life and society and make that work for us. And if you only had one potato in your house, a bag of potatoes and nothing else to eat, you would find a way to bake it, boil it, mash it, fry it, and turn that meal into something wonderful every day for your babies. For five days a week, for five days straight. That's what mothers do. And fathers as well, right? It's a whole thing. But I just wanted to focus on 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 us and, and the things that we do and not, you know, this Mother's Day and Father's Day and stuff. And, you know, society's getting rid of, uh, getting ready to get rid of it because it's what one's misogynistic and one's, you know, you know, uh, the men that want to be women don't want us to celebrate us being let, let it make sense. But we're living in different times, y'all. It's like it's like a regular Sodom and Gomorrah out this bitch. But it's just like crazy where people are just like, nah, fuck the basics of what happens. But it's the basic foundation that helps to build who you are. And if people were shitty to you, you're going to grow up shitty. And so I don't blame people when they're nasty. I go, damn, that person, that girl or that boy, that man or that woman didn't really have the community to be there for them. So I get why they can be greedy. I get why they can be gossipy. I like a little bone chin chin myself, you know, but not at the detriment of hurting people. There's a, there's a level, there's a line you don't cross, a line in the sand. Um, so I, I want to thank you ladies again and tell you ladies, thank you. This is On the Wake Up Radio. This is Divine Femininity. I love y'all so much, ladies. Love y'all. Love you more, sis. Love you, too. Love you Angie, Letitia. Just made everything right And even though my man has left me behind I don't regret a thing for having you Thanks for my child You brought me so much joy This bundle of love and though you thought the love, you ran away free. The love I have for you, baby, is the love I have in me. I'll raise you by myself One more show You may like what's saying in a song With you right here with me I'll have the strength to go on You brought me so much 
so much joy. This bundle of love. I'll hold you in my arms. I'll hold you close to me. Rock by my baby, I'll rock you sleep. Oh, I understand your language, your baby talk. You've got to crawl before you walk. Just looking so beautiful and all the while You're wrapped in blankets, you are my love child Thanks for my child, here we are today Yes, go on back you grew before my eyes Time after time And so you daddy You ran away free The love I have for you baby Is the love I have in me Inside of me The love So I'm going to say, uh, there you go. Are you there, Sister Jackie? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Tell us what Letitia was grateful for. Let me tell you what our sister was grateful for. She says, I'm grateful for my tribe, which includes you ladies, for my ancestors, and for my health. So I wanted to make sure that we included her. Uh things that she was grateful for because she was hanging in there with us all night. Ashe, Ashe. Ashe, That damn song makes me cry every time. Let me tell you, me and my sisters used to have a singing competition with that. That that was the joint. Everybody was singing that. Everybody. <laughs> Whether he stayed or went, you were singing it. Yes. That that just brings back so many good memories. Beautiful. I just, I just want us to be, I just want our children to have more and better than what we had. They deserve it. We That's deserved it. That mm -hmm. part. That part. Yeah. They deserve it. They deserve nothing less than the greatest 
shot at succeeding, at be at fulfilling their purpose and setting them up so they can, you know, build their legacy. That's what it, that's what life is all about. Fulfill I mean, we just have to reach our greatest potential. That part. I just want don't forget to hug, kiss them, tell them you love them. They'll probably look at you like you're weird. My kids are like, oh, like, oh, back up, lady. You're being weird. And I'm always like hugging and kissing them. They're big. They, you know, they're like big stinkers now. But nonetheless, I want them to remember that because I want them to pass that on. I, I, I often feel like I, I was loved more than enough by my grandmother, but somehow just wanted more. And so when we lose that person that's always pouring into us, it is such a shame because it goes so quick and you miss it, but it's for you to carry on the legacy of loving your own and loving those around you that are reflections of you. And that to me is the role of a mother. It does not need to be biological, just being there for the next generation. And if we could all do that, God damn. I just know I was a fucking queen in a past life. I just feel that shit. By the way, I was watching uh, 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 my son when I was braiding his hair, the American saga with the Wu-Tang. Girl, I think I'm RZA. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just say RZA? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Fucking RZA made sure that old dirty bastards, he wanted to sign with Def Jam. He signed with Elektra and ODB was pissed. But RZA said, brother, and they, because they were cousins, brother, after 20 years, you get your masters. And he said, but I want to be with Def Jam. Why would you be so selfish? And he was like, you don't, he said, I don't give a fuck about no masters. Now, if we really think about it, right, hindsight is 2020. Somebody like Chuck D, who knows Flavor Flav, likes to partake in drugs, sets a trust fund aside. And now that he's off of this stuff, his money is still there. That's what building is and being there for your people, your tribe, is to make sure that they will always have and never fucking want. It's not about it's not about you, the individual. It's about all of your tribe being there for them. Do you get what I'm saying? Any fucking way you can. And that means being there for their children. It's not about now. It's not about now. Whether this fucking planet ex- blows up and it's gone, it has to regenerate. And so there needs to be an understanding is we have to do better because we know better. I'm telling you, I could just feel it in my heart that once you kind of find your tribe, just vibe. I love y'all. Peace. Love you. Love you too. Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deanne. Sing the Ashley On the wake up. Hi, I'm Jackie Q, an owner of Joni Hair Skin and Wellness Products. All of our products are made by hand and infused with nature's healing powers, beautiful essential oils blended to perfection, and lots of love. Try our Butter Soft Shea and Fragrance Collection for women and for men, and our best-selling conditioning beard oil. We are now partnered with Coco Shema and her scented soaps that are heavenly. So please join the Joni family at joniproducts.square.site 
and on Instagram at Joni underscore products and Facebook at Joni Products FB. Spread the love. Hola, I'm your hostess, Boricua Angie, and I'm on the Wake Up Radio Thursdays at 9. My show is called Thoughts of a Light Skin Woman. That is also my IG handle and Gmail. The holidays, the winter is coming. I sell pasteles and coquito. And also, I do digital flyers. If you're interested, hit me up. I got my girls on fire. My swag's on fire. My shoes on fire. And I'm on fire. I got my girls on fire. My swag's on fire. My shoes on fire. And I'm on fire. Here at Organic Dispensary LLC, we are committed to keeping our communities healthy with 100% safe and effective immune building products. Our wire-crafted purple sea moss is our top seller and is proven to contain 92 of the 102 minerals present in the body and necessary for maintaining good health. Visit our line of organic products at OrganicDispensaryLLC.com That's OrganicDispensaryLLC.com and get back to natural, healthy immune systems. This is It's Miss Max, health and culture owner of Ministry and Wellness, where we offer alternative solutions for people dealing with sleep, stress and anxiety. Did you know 70% of Americans only get one good night of sleep a month, while another 11% report having insufficient sleep every night? Let me help you get the rest you need, while helping with your stress and discomfort through natural solutions that won't leave side effects. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. Visit ministryandwellness.com. That's ministryandwellness.com for my hand-picked and affordable selection. Have questions about our products? No problem. Book your free consultation with health and wellness advocate Maxine Sinclair or call 855-200-2774. That's 855-200-2774. Double seven four. Coco Shamer offers the best selection of our formulated natural organic hair and body care products at unbeatable prices. Our hair and body loving goodies have become synonymous with the quality of the highest industry standards. We ensure a continuous variety of fantastic products along with unique limited edition and seasonal items that fit any budget. Coco Shema creates handcrafted, decadently personalised body care products for total pampering and enrichment so that your mind is relaxed, your body feels better and your soul is inspired. Come explore at www.cocoshema.com That's www.cocoshema.com